Good Up is our space to talk about those experiences in life we didn't know we all had in common. We're the after work happy hour conversation with your best friend. The place where you bring up the hard parts of life, the ones that made you laugh, and the things that made you who you are. Because who said becoming good up wasn't a little bit uncomfortable? Stay tuned for more information about this week's episode. Hey, beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode. This one's a good one. We're talking artsy, vibey shit, and we've got two very exciting guests. Who wants to jump in? I really mad you introduced this episode as artsy, vibey shit. That's, I mean, ain't that you know what, what it is? That's, that's where we are at this point in the podcast. We hit 10k downloads, and now we just introduced the episodes as artsy, vibey shit. Artsy, vibey shit. And that's you know what, what it is. You're going to stay here and you're going to listen, because Period. that's just how we... What you gonna do? Turn it off? You ain't gonna turn it off. You wanna listen to this artsy vibey shit, okay? <laughs> Today's episode, artsy vibey shit. I mean, I know, I'm just, you know, I, you know, I have to do the most, hey, Isa. You know me to not do the most? Good exactly. point. Exactly. Very solid. Exactly. Point. Who's ready to jump in? Who's going first? Who go first? <laughs> I go first. I go first. Um, hi, beautiful people. My name is Kara J, and I am a producer from Saint Croix. I am currently an associate producer on Love and Hip Hop. I'm also the creator of Adults in Series, and I live in New York. And I don't know what else to say. I feel like that I be doing the artsy vibey shit, making TV, making paintings, all that, doing the things. I just see the check the mail and have a check from Mona Scott, big man. You don't know. Check from Mona Scott. No, I'm weak. I want to ask you about one of the castmates because I worked in a building she used to live in. So okay, yeah, I like her I literally. I just got promoted to this role tomorrow. Oh, Tuesday is my first day. So, you know. Congratulations, baby. Mm. Thank you. Thank so you. Thank dope. you. Me love it. Who's next? I know who's next, but I want you to tell the people who's next. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. How do I introduce myself? My name is Kyra James. I am the Kyra in Kicking It With Kyra. Uh, it's a platform that's all about positive, artsy, baby shit, and <laughs> the Virgin Islands. And um, outside of that, I'm a full-time creative freelancer. And I'm always looking for, you know, new opportunities to use the things that I'm good at to contribute to the good in the world. And, you know, stuff like Beautiful People Podcast. Uh-huh. Hello. <laughs> Don't get that. <laughs> like... Can you, you think Kyra touches turns to gold? Kyra yeah, right. is literal. Both of these ladies are literal magic. Like when I saw that little cartoon you did, that was like that ode to Lizzie McGuire. Let me tell you how my heart was oh my just God, yes. everything yeah. I needed in life. Everything Aww. I needed in life. <laughs> yeah. So, so fun fact about magic. these ladies, Kyra is actually the artist behind the Beautiful People podcast logo. <laughs> she so, made us look yeah, so dope. If, if you're not familiar with Kicking It With Kyra, then you could start off with, with her level of skill and her artwork by seeing it in the logo. Mm-hmm. Like, you're looking yeah. at it right now. Um, and Kyra, you know, with adulting, adulting really was one of the biggest pushes for me to do this podcast because I oh. saw... Yeah, I saw... 
you know, this group of millennials just creating a project that they really stood behind and really believed yeah. in. They had their fundraiser. A bunch of people supported it. Adulting came out and I was like, yes, tell these people I don't be stressed doing my life. Period. <laughs> adulting made me so proud. There was just so many emotions surrounding adulting. Like every time I watched it, I was like, oh, your heart can't Deidre, like this is beautiful. Like as somebody from home is like, did this. This is so dope to me. Like I'm it definitely cry. was inspiring for me too. Like <laughs> it made me feel like Deidre, you are capable of shit. You need to Absolutely. get your ass up and get shit done. Okay. <laughs> Cause it's possible. Hello. And it's this possible. is why, this is why these two women are on today's episode, because although we would love to name it artsy vibey shit, today's episode <laughs> is named keep in mind that I'm an artist. Because, and I'm sensitive about my shit. Exactly. Period. Because all four of us in, in our own way, we're creators, we're artists, and we're surrounded by artists and creators. Yes. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what goes into creating the type of work that we do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just really wanted to get some artsy ass black women in a room for us to talk about, you know, the things that we love, the things that we're passionate, passionate about the, the great sides of that. And also the not so great sides of it, because I think sometimes yeah. people think like, you know, just wake up and like spit glitter and life will be good. <laughs> and right. it don't you know, people think that <laughs> it really people don't really be like taking that, that shit. What got you started with with your art? What made you want to be a creator? Or did you always know that you were going to be one? Um, I think for me, my discovery was very much rooted in my college experience. I um, started off as a biology major in college and so on. I did a semester, I did a year of exchange, actually. And I wanted to go to the weirdest state on the list. And so I went to Kansas for a semester. Kansas. <laughs> oh, my God. That's <laughs> white people. So random. Oh, the white supremacy of it all. Like, oh, my God. Just like, white people. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Definitely, my school was 2% African-American, and I was the only Caribbean girl there. So it was a very interesting experience. Um, But I remember being in class, in a botany class, learning about the life cycle of a pine cone, um, when I was like, the same thing. This is not it. I don't know what it is, but this isn't it. And I left that class and went to my dorm room. And I remember feeling like, I know I can't just like tell my mom, I don't want to do this anymore without a backup plan. Cause that's just the way I was raised. So I had to figure out like, what's the, what's the cushion to me say, I don't want to do this anymore, but I know what I want to do. And it's the yeah. thing. So I did a lot of digging um looking for a new major and I saw communications and I was like I don't know I don't know what that is um and then after doing a lot of digging I was like oh I love to do this I do this all the time (laughs) you know I was that you know member of the family that wanted to hold on to every picture that wanted to make a slideshow for every mother's day I was that friend in college that 
you know, when everybody was bored and wanted something to do, they would be like, Kara King, you just do that thing mm-hmm. where I like come up with something on the spot and it's this huge event <laughs> because yeah. that's just the way I'm wired. And I realized that all these things that I love to do, people do this full time and make mm-hmm. money off of it. Mm-hmm. And they don't talk about this at career days in primary school. And <laughs> I mean, let's talk about it now. Yeah, we're part. talking about it, baby. Don't worry. We're talking about it. Because... <laughs> and then in addition to that too, uh, uh, some of the things that we're doing right now was in our career when we went to primary school, you know? Right. And so just kind of like dismantling what success looks like in your mm. head. Um, based on you know what you were exposed to in yes. this island and kind of opening up your mind to you know what's possible. So ever since then, I like changed my major ASAP, mm-hmm. and so that's you know that evolution you know in my academic life just kind of flowed over mm-hmm. into my personal life. And every day I'm like, how can I use these things that I'm good at um, mm-hmm. to just make cool shit? Right. Yes. Well, we have, you're not in biology no more. Hello. <laughs> you, you, look at all the damn gifts you almost let go to waste. Right. It's like, like, can, you, can you imagine kicking it with drawing a pine cone out here doing the evolution of pine cones? I've been like, yeah, exactly. Right. You, <laughs> you better take them pine cones and make a damn wreath or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm weak. Oh my gosh. My journey was. um kind of similar it was rooted in college like I think college is just like a catalyst for trying to figure out who you are because you're paying for it you have to decide you know um and so I I too like when I was growing up I was that kid that was making slideshows and like writing (laughs) autobiographies at seven years old with no life experience like you know like what was I talking about I was like my mom's name is Karen like you know what I mean like that was it (laughs) um and I did theater Deidre we did theater together I remember oh my first of all that was just a lovely experience yeah theater (laughs) for me like I in middle school I started to do acting and I was Mm -hmm. at Country Day which was like a very artistic environment but like I just never felt like an artist like I was like I have Mm. to do art class and like if I'm gonna Mm. do theater or choir I'll do theater like you know what I mean so that's what it felt like for me and I just felt like everybody else was creative except for me like I was just like oh I don't know how to draw so I can't I'm not a creative (laughs) like you know I always (laughs) rooted in drawing and then college came and I was gonna study psychology and I told my mom I was like yeah I'm gonna major in psychology like that's what I'm doing and she was like what fucking psychology like you don't like to listen and I was like shout out to your mama yeah she really dragged me she was like (laughs) psychology like what are you doing she was like you who don't like to listen and I was such a Caribbean mom thing to do (laughs) yeah and I was like definitely I I was like I listen Like, what are you talking about? But she, <laughs> and she's like, she's like, well, you are a good writer. Like, why you don't go into like English or like journalism or something like that? And so yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even look at those like sections of majors and I was applying. Mm-hmm. So I started to look into communications and like, I saw broadcast journalism. I started doing my research. And so the school that I chose, University of New Haven in Connecticut, um, when I went there, they had just split up the communications program. We have to pick one of six concentrations. So it was mm-hmm. easier than just saying like mass communication, like it like made sense. Mm. So I started off doing digital media and I had my bachelor of arts going on with that. 
And I was just like, this is cool or whatever. But then I got, um, I did my first video and I was like, oh, I want to do this. Oh. So I added TV and video production. I ended up graduating with two degrees, a Bachelor of mm-hmm. Arts and a Science. And then I, I realized like in the production model, like I am the producer of the group. Like I'm mm-hmm. just like, all right, I'm going to get these girls into shape. Like less. And also I was like, I'm not trying to fail. Like I was like, I need an A. So if I'm going to trust somebody with the project, it's going to be me. Like it's a lot <laughs> yeah. of like collaborative work. And so that's where producing came about. And then other, I just started giving myself permission to create things that didn't have a reason, like things Mm -hmm. that were not for a deadline. That was like painting for me, journaling, um, stuff like that. And that was where I discovered like, oh, I just like to make stuff. Like it doesn't (laughs) need to be for people or for validation. Like I just like to do it. This, like, it came for me late in the game. Okay. I've always been a very creative person. I've always known that I was a creative person. Circling back to what Kyra said, creativity was not highlighted or celebrated in our upbringing. Mm -hmm. Creativity and success did not go hand in hand for us. So for me, creativity was always a hobby. Creativity was always just a thing about me that's cool. But now in order to succeed in life, I need to do something that's sustainable, right? So, okay, I'm going to school for psychology because I will say I was always interested in psychology. People fascinate me, their mindsets, the reasons behind what they do. So psychology felt like it made the most sense to me. And while I was in college, I was a waitress. And I w- I'm not going to lie, I was very fulfilled by being a waitress. I am a nurturer. Like My nature is to nurture people. So being a waitress, I got to take care of people. I enjoy it. So I'm like, okay this psychology thing ain't really for me. Like I enjoy the research part of it. I enjoy learning, you know, the, the, I enjoyed learning it. And even now I still find myself doing random research. So I switched my major to hospitality and tourism management. And I was probably the first student at UVI to register for this program because it was just when they were introducing it. So I was like, obviously I can't be a waitress for the rest of my life, but I can pursue a career in hospitality and tourism management and I can work in the hotel industry. And I enjoyed that for many years. I spent the last 10 years being a hospitality professional. I've worked at wholesale travel companies that are global. You know, like if you hear of a travel agency, the company I used to work at most likely is their wholesale provider. Like, and I enjoy that. But after two years of being there, I came to realize that being at a desk is not for me. You know, like office politics became a thing and mm-hmm. me, I'm ready to move on. I'm, I can't stay in the same spot for too long because my mind is racing, you know. And um, I got to a point where just being there was taking a toll on me, like a literal toll. And I had just started like this YouTube channel with my best friend, who's also one of my co-workers there. But I know I realized that the time you're spending making this company money, you could be building something or just doing something, using your gifts and talents to contribute to the world. Like you're literally wasting your time. I'm like one of those random people that can just pick up two twigs and turn it into like a piece of furniture. Like I just, I spin gold. I'm so creative. Like you could come at me with the most random, like if I was on Chopped, I would most likely win. 
Get okay. Me That's the kind of person that I am. Like, like if you don't have groceries in your house, by the time I get done cooking dinner, you're going to have a gourmet meal sitting on your table. It's not even just food. It's every single aspect of life. I'm able mm-hmm. to take nothing and turn it into something. So now that's just how I've been spending my time. And obviously my focus is monetizing that. You know, like I do have my little part-time job in hospitality that I enjoy, but that's until my gifts and talents are sustaining me full time. I think we all more or less have similar, um, similar journeys in terms of starting off thinking that you were supposed to be doing something else or just starting off doing something else because it seemed like the right thing to do, or it seemed like this is what's going to make me money, or this is like the logical job to have. Funny enough, I I chose a major that was a liberal art major when I went to college. I was in band in high school and I was like, well, band is something I guess I'm good at. So, and everybody's like, oh, you can be a teacher or you could be this or you could be that. So I was like, well, I guess I'll be a band teacher. Like I was just like going with the flow. My advisor was like, I read your blog and she was like, you're extremely talented. And she had been noticing that I just wasn't as passionate about my major as the other, you know, music majors. Mm -hmm. And if you're familiar with music majors, you know, like (laughs) people just sleep in the building. Mm -hmm, They spend all day practicing. They don't leave the building. Hey, I was like, all class done. See y'all tomorrow, bitches. Like, I'm yes. out. And she was like, you know, you want to be a, a a teacher someday. And in order to teach other people, you have to, like, eat, sleep, Love and breathe this do. for the four years that you're here. She was like, have you ever thought about majoring in English? You know, she we had a talk about it. She sent me to another advisor who she was cool with. I went and talked to that advisor in a different department. At the time, communications wasn't even on my radar. And then it was when I finished undergrad and realized, like, everything that I had done in undergrad that had actually brought me joy had to do with Mm. communications and PR and like all Mm. of that stuff. It took years for me to really like, even now, like I'm just now getting into this idea of like me being a creator and accepting the fact that although I have a full-time job, I I work in the, the nonprofit sector, like I don't, everybody's like, well, you're going to get promoted and you're going to do this. And I'm just like, yo, if I had it my way, I would be doing what I do, mm-hmm. what we're doing right now. That would be my job. And mm-hmm. that would be the way that I make money. So I'm just like right now working until I get to that point. <laughs> but it's taken me a long time to get to the point where I realize like, that's the thing that I want to mm-hmm. do more than anything. I think I always realized it. It was just a matter of like game past the fear Mm-hmm. And like accepting that it's okay to have goals like that, and it's okay yes. to like not want the traditional like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially, it, it's hard to because like my fiance is an engineer, so he went that like route that people sort of approve of, like, oh, mm-hmm. you're an engineer, you're a scientist, and you can hear the difference. And that's does he feel fulfilled? I'm he sorry does, to cut you off. Does. He feels fulfilled in that, right? He, he loves his his field. He loves what he does. See? But, you can also see the difference in how when people say, so what do you do? Hey, Isa. And I'm like, well, I work in the nonprofit sector. Um, I'm a program manager, but I also do, you know, I have a podcast. I have a blog. Like that's, that's my passion. And they're like, okay, that's nice. And then they'd be like, so what does your fiance do? And I'm like, he's an engineer. He works at so-and-so. And they're like, oh, that's wonderful. That's so annoying. I'm like, I will say that I feel like it's honestly just like the corporate backing of things. Yeah, like the, it's the legitimate, like, exactly. you know what I mean? Like, 
Because even on my end, like when I, before I worked at my current job, I was working at like a smaller digital media company and I was like making videos, I was interviewing celebs mm-hmm. and people would be like, oh, like that's cool. Like, you know, like they didn't know about it. So they were like, oh, mm-hmm. that's nice. And then when I started working at Viacom, it's like, oh yeah, I work at MTV and VH1. It's like, yeah, oh, <laughs> Yeah, it's true. That's true. Regardless of your industry, as long as there's a recognizable name attached, you tend to get overly excited about Um, it. And so to the point where I just don't even be telling people because people will really whip out their resume. They'll be like, so y'all hiring? Like, what's up? I'm like, I don't I don't we I thought we were getting lunch. I don't like, work you know in I mean? HR, ma'am. I don't work in <laughs> HR. That's that's that needs to be a response. I don't work in HR. No, we're gonna you're right. You're right. Honestly, so I think that creativity even nowadays is sometimes legitimized by that corporate value, which yeah. I think kinda sucks because it takes away from the art and like that's why for me, I, 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 I believe in having your own thing. I think having your own mm-hmm. thing is what validates being a creative to me. Like yes. even in college, like when I was doing all these different pursuits and like making videos for people, I was being paid for it. And like, I was interning with Jerry Springer and like, I was doing a bunch of different stuff, so cool. <laughs> but I was just like, I don't really, you know, I don't really feel like I'm doing any much of anything. I just feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And then it wasn't until adulting that I was like, oh, now I feel like a real creative. Like I have yes. my own project. And I think mm. that that is what provides that validation. Even to people, like, you'd be like, I created something out of my head. It's on mm. the internet. Like, you know yes. what I mean? Like, Damn. that, I think, really helps. You're so, so right. You're so right. I want to hear from, from Kyra on this because Kyra also... Um, you know, when she when she came out with Kicking It With Kyra and especially in, in the past year, like you've pushed out a lot of projects when it comes to Honestly. Kicking It With Kyra. And sometimes like I, I want to know how do people react to this type of work? Like, because when I see y'all's projects, I feel like, yo, this is like legit. This is like awesome representation for the Virgin Islands as a whole. Like I'm, I'm so excited to see our projects, but also I understand that creatives sort of see each other on a different level than other people do. So do y'all feel like people take your work as seriously as it should be taken? Honestly, it was the, the reverse for me. Um, when I decided to change my major that same summer, is when I started kicking it with Kyra. Cause like I said, I was always doing like these um, projects with my, my friends in college. Like a lot of the content that I do know are evolved versions of projects that I did, you know, off camera, you know, with no brand attached, just my friends in our room uh, doing something creative. I was a friend that would be like, Hey guys, what are you doing later? Um, meet me by my apartment, bring toilet paper. <laughs> and, and everybody just like, um, to the point where being my friend just meant being okay with random requests like that and, and, <sighs> and reaching and being like, okay, so what are we doing today? And I'm like, I okay, so split up in two teams and you have an hour to make a wedding dress out of this toilet paper. And like, so those are things I was doing off camera and kicking it with Kyra was me saying, how do I put some of this on camera? Mm. And even then it wasn't about necessarily being seen as this like 
being a pillar of content for mm-hmm. me was like I want to get better at video production yes. um, and so how do I create content that would give me something to edit yeah you know? and so I in the intro video for kicking the recovery I said hey guys I got a MacBook and I'm excited to learn how to edit so I'm just gonna start this series so I can have things to edit um mm-hmm. so it was a 30-day series that I that I created for myself each day was a different mm-hmm. topic a different challenge and by the end of the 30 days Everybody was just like, um, so, you know, we want some more. You can't stop. No, you <laughs> attached to this thing. Yes. Like, um, so I was, just to tell you how much I didn't really even start it off to be a brand, I was posting the videos on like my personal account. Mm, and because yeah. the videos were reaching places, tons of people were adding me so that they could see the mm, videos too. Yes. And I was like, oh, I'm like, adding all these people to my personal account. <laughs> <laughs> I decided to make a page. And I remember being excited that I could add thumbnails now. Mm. And then ended up just turning into this thing. And so I started like to say, when, when I was finished with school and it was time now to pursue a career, I was the one that didn't see kicking your career work mm-hmm. as valid work because that's just me having fun. I can't go mm-hmm. on my resume. Mm-hmm. That's not you can know. on a blazer in an office mm-hmm. when they edited that video. That doesn't count. Nobody's going to take that seriously. So for me, I had both worlds separated for a long time mm. until I, um, somebody, I don't know, I think it was my aunt. She saw my resume. She said, why is it kicking your car on it? And I was like, kicking it with Kyra. What I have to do with this? She was like, it's all connected. And while I was waiting for my big break, you know, Mm because after college, you're so excited for this big break. (laughs) um, Without me even realizing, kicking it with Kyra became one of the most massive, powerful testaments of what I could do. And I, I didn't see as that and yep. so now when I'm pitching myself to clients and when people want to see samples of what I could do mm-hmm. that's my that's my prize horse like, look at that's, that if you want proof that I could build a bomb website check out Kikera Cow yes. <laughs> you want to see that I know what you're doing when it comes to social check Kikera mm-hmm. and so I I didn't always see it Mm-hmm. As something that would, I separated that fun from <clears throat> being a successful professional because, like, I, like you, like you keep saying, you're taught that those tools can't We're separate. This, yeah. Right. Um, so now I'm finally in a place where I realize that whether I do it for fun or I do it for a big check, it's all the same skill, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, it's all you know, it it all validates you as an artist so yeah it's all people people is the one who know you know to answer your question i think they put more value on it than me absolutely (laughs) absolutely you see all these people in this room you did that that was the kyra effect no that's the that's the beautiful yeah that's the beautiful thing about artistry i don't know an artist who thinks that their work is like groundbreaking it's usually the people who get to experience that art who's like 
oh my God, like what the, and that's what art is supposed to do because art is your expression. So everything you're going through, everything you're feeling, you get to put that into your art as a way to, at least that's how I handle my things when I'm creating. I just be living. Like when I, when I spoke to her, I think one of the first conversations we had, I saw her thing and I was like, oh, this girl looks so cool. And then (laughs) I would never forget when she told me that when she saw my stuff, she was like, man, I ready to like be this cohesive and (laughs) jumped in and did this girl Miss World stuff. And it's so shocking. Oh, to like know Kyra, that, like, I need to get my shit together. Your shit Yo. and making decisions and based art, on what hello. Art is supposed to be inspiring. Yeah, I definitely mm-hmm. think you know what they say the company you keep is who you are. <laughs> yeah. I, one thing that made me very aware was my one of my exes like he was a photographer and mm. he would always take pictures of me and like encourage me to like make art too but i was like oh i don't do photos like and then i didn't want to do it because i was like i don't want to jack your shit like ah, i'm trying to like you know i'm like i can't draw now i can't do photography because it's fun to do photography like <laughs> all kind of stuff so i was just like oh I, i'm not an artist but being around that space, like the space that you're in is definitely like what will amplify you. That's one thing I can say that I, I definitely saw come about in the last couple of years, especially as it relates to Virgin Islands creators. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, like we didn't interact. And to be honest, I'm guilty of thinking that. And it's going to sound super vain, but like. I had this mentality that like I was either the only one or one of the only ones who was like doing the social media stuff and like all of the stuff that I was doing. And it wasn't until early 2019, we, a few of us got added to this, just a random Instagram, like direct message group, um, by this, this girl named Carly and she's from St. Thomas. She actually just, yes. You remember the influencers group, right? group? Yeah. Oh my god, yes. And, and we so bad at group chats, I fell off. Listen, but we got added to that group, right? And I remember the first thing I did because one, let me tell y'all something. I hate a group chat, right? Like I love a group chat when it's like two or three people and like we yeah. had but I was like eight girls. Yeah. <laughs> we had like an inside joke at like an outing, and then we were like, let's text each other. Like I love those organic group chats, but I hate yeah. huge groups yeah i yeah so i was irritated initially i was like who the fuck add me to this group but then i don't want to leave and look like an (laughs) asshole yeah right so i i you know everybody started interacting and then i was like well let me at least see what the group is for and basically the the whole gist of the group was she was like yo like all of us in here are front of Virgin islands and all of us are creators and you know i created this group so that we could get to know each other and suppose each other and i was like Okay, so and then of course I saw that Diamond was in it, and y'all know Diamond is my sister. So if Diamond ain't something, I ain't something. Like that's just how I am. <laughs> so I was just like, okay, if Diamond's here, I'll stay. So I looked yeah. through like the list, and the first thing I did was like follow everybody. Just that one group connected me to all these other creators, and like you know, um, Brittany was in there, and um, yeah. Monique. So she was in there, and like all these BVI creators was in there too, and people from St. Thomas. And then you start to realize like. Even though I knew creators from St. Croix, I was also disconnected from people from mm-hmm. St. Thomas and people. Yep. From- yes. So we yep. start connecting. And then yep. after that, it's like we all had that social interaction. And then in comes adulting and in comes kicking it with Kyra. And I noticed that I'm watching this show, but all these other people are watching this show too. Or I'm watching these, you know, these um uh 
projects that kicking it with Kyra is posting up and all these other people interacting and then kicking it with Kyra starts doing the lives and the mm-hmm. um the the shows that you did when you were in the BVI where they were like doing the Disney songs and all of that yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, the same people are like interacting with these shows. So I start following all these people. And it's mm-hmm. just it's crazy how like this project that you know you were working on to improve yourself, like I don't know if y'all realize like how it's like united like VI Twitter. Or like how oh, yeah. an entire community of people who know each other now because yeah. of your work. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's that's crazy. so crazy to think about. That group chat was definitely like the start of me being like, oh, wow, I need to like look at the artists back home. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like you be like you said, like you're definitely in your own little world. Like you're like, I'm the only one doing this. Like, I don't have any help. And then it's like you come up for air. Yeah. You know, like that's what it did for me. It made me come up yeah. for air and be like, oh shit. And then it also, I had saw like, you know, like the, the follower count of these women in the group and like just people in general. Like, I was like, oh, like I'm in this clique. This is see me at lit. This the upper echelon. Like, I was like, oh, oh shit. I was like, wait, I go up like this. Right, right. Okay. I was like, okay. I don't see me like this. Like, yes. wow. it's it's exciting to see you know in thinking about those creators the fact that we thought we were the only ones like obviously when we were back home and we had our things that we wanted to create we didn't have a lot of resources or to do that type of stuff so like what are some of the things you did to like create your art even though you didn't have the access to to the technology or to the people or to the audience that you felt you needed in order to create your art like, how did you MacGyver this shit is why I wanted it. I started up here in like New York and stuff and I still didn't have shit. You know, I'm trying to eat. So yeah. it's like, I think one thing that me and my team did was crowdfund. Like you mentioned that like fundraising, like finding money. I think that as an artist, it's important to know that like you can ask for help. Like you can ask mm. for, for money. Um, I was not going to do that. Like I was definitely going to try to produce a show out of pocket. That's what I was doing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like uber in here buying equipment with my rent money you know stuff like that like my savings you know like i had to buy a new computer so i could edit it was crazy Mm. and so but i that's what i wanted to do and then i met this guy who told me about his roommate who makes films and he crowdfunded on this site called seed and spark and i was like Mm. i could ask people for money too like i was like people are on here like all kind of ages like making twenty thousand thirty thousand dollars and i was like what so i was Mm -hmm. like i can do this too like i was like i don't i just didn't see a world where i wasn't gonna hit the goal like i was like i don't the goal could be like sixty thousand dollars we gonna get close yeah when i started all i really needed i needed you know people more than anything else um Mm -hmm. that was my biggest research like i have these ideas i need people to to make it happen so in college um i to this day i still record with my phone all those studio sessions i did those on my phone Mm -hmm. to this day um and i and i used iMovie and i had my macbook that was that was learning how to edit Mm -hmm. on and so it was just you know i need everybody to meet me on the grass at 12 and, and all these different things. So I must say, thankfully, in the very be- at the very beginning 
of this journey, I had, you know, access to the people. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, people I have know. It was like my college friends just mm-hmm. being dumb for whatever. Mm-hmm. And then as it grew, um, I think I, I thankfully never had a problem with people showing up because mm. they wanted to be a part of something that was, you know, new and different. I think for me, kicking with Kyra is definitely the force of its kind. So when I thought of, you know, getting help or backing from businesses and stuff like that, like let's mm. say I host an event and it's like I would really love for somebody to pay for these drinks and I have to pay for them with the little money that I have. Like I would see other, I would see how programs were sponsored by these telecommunication companies and, and all these different things. But I never thought that I could, I could be sponsored because this is just a girl from Tatola, you know, hanging out with some people recording a random video. Like I said, I never saw it as like this 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 real thing that could be yeah. backed by <laughs> professional people. Yeah. Um, but I must say, now that my projects are getting bigger and more expensive and and, and I can't just do it with my phone and iMovie and yeah. and, and Mad Power, you know, I need to up my game. I need Final Cut no and hey. I need to be sweet. And mm-hmm. I need, um, and and I want to be able to compensate people for their talent and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, I must say, seeing adult in crowdfund um was one of the first times you know I saw someone in our realm like you know go all out and mm. get people involved in supporting. And so that was definitely an inspiration for me. Like right now, mm-hmm. I'm actually putting together a similar campaign um, yeah. for a project that I want to launch this year. Oh my god! And I always my god. People, like, like, oh my I remember oh, this is my favorite episode. <laughs> packages. Yeah. I remember messaging Kara saying, "Look, I don't have a credit card, but I can PayPal you twenty five dollars." Like, oh my I really want to be a part. Oh. And and and. and, and and I think that going back to your question too about community, I don't really have a lot of people around me physically, but I'm grateful that I must say virtually um, in, in, in their different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like, yes, we have people that create, but I still think that a lot of what we do, we're still kind of the only people that's doing it. I can't tell you somebody that's a sister brand to kicking it with Kyra, like right. the way I produce content, and, you know, it's still very unique to that, you know, realm. Mm, yeah. I think, you know, what hey Isa is doing and a lot of different way she navigates it she's the only person i know doing it so even with us having those similarities those differences and seeing like oh wow kira went this road i see how i could apply that to my thing yeah and and that was the first time i i I saw i'm not gonna lie i was like whoa they're really gonna try to get that much money out of people i know and (laughs) just seeing how ambitious and hopeful they were about that had you feeling like, you man, was, I could ask yes. people for money too. People mm-hmm. would love to be a part of this thing. And yeah. so, and I think the more we do it, the more creators are going to watch us and feel um pushed to do it 
when mm-hmm. I saw Stan doing some crowdfunding, I immediately shared it on everything because yeah. I was like, I I think for a long time we just assumed that people wouldn't want to. Mm, yeah. But it isn't until we ask. Yeah, you, you have see to how ask. excited people are yeah, to have yeah. an opportunity to be a part. Right. So just like right. one person doing it, you know, to open our eyes um, for all of us to feel just a little bit more confident um, mm-hmm. in, in, in our own project so right i think the I'm so main, glad you bring up son yeah so i was gonna bring son. it up too because i was about to be like you know when i first saw son i was like this is the type of show i want to make like, yes I, I immediately contacted kevin and i was like dude like here are all Same. of my thoughts here are my ideas like here's what i was like here's what needs to happen like i mm-hmm. was like I was so passionate about it. I was like, come, we need to be friends. We're going to get lunch. Like, what's going on? Like, this is crazy. Like, you just like me, you know? And it was, it was, it was cycle. I think one of the biggest themes here is that we have to take our art seriously. Yes, absolutely. That's it. Like, take yourself and your art seriously because it is a real thing. And like Mm -hmm. companies, like my company, Viacom, like you don't become a multi-billion dollar company by not taking... Hello. It's, you know, like SpongeBob SquarePants. That's Viacom. This little animated sponge. Like somebody yeah. took that idea seriously, and it became this multi phenomenon. Yeah, like, yeah. You know exactly. What I mean? So, like yeah. anything that like you think is important, or like you think that like you have the ability to execute, you have to mm-hmm. just take it seriously because mm-hmm. that's the that's how it gets validation, and like from yes. you, from others, from everybody. Yes, man. And that's why I feel like I need to go so hard when it comes to like seeing new projects come out of the Virgin mm-hmm. Islands specifically Honestly. like of course when it comes to to black art in general or anything that a black person is working on like yeah. I'm going to want to support it 100% mm-hmm. but when it comes to the VI like I'm extra like 110 you know, yeah, and I've had, like, some people have made comments to me where, you know, a new podcast will come out, a new show will come out, or somebody else will, like, start, you know, angling their account towards, like, becoming an influencer, and they'll be like, oh, so-and-so doing this, you see it? And the tone that they'll say it with is, like, did you see this person doing the same thing that you're doing? And kind of, like, expecting me to to respond to it with, like, anger, being, like, Negative. I can't believe It's like, there's room for everybody here. There's room for everybody, but also, like, I the understand that. Exactly. The room is literally empty. Check <laughs> again, please, because we just came from saying we need fucking community. We need people to, to, to cultivate a community with, and you over right. here mad because she's starting the same thing as me. Like, right. more but, on, but on top of that, like, I'm fully aware of the fact that the platform that we have, like the fact that this podcast has done this well, or the fact that yeah. I've done that well as a creator, mm-hmm. it's it's not something that I want to take for granted. So when right. somebody else comes onto the scene and says, yo, like we starting our podcast, of course I going hard for you. Like, yes. like I'm going to go hard for you if you start out as a creator or a blogger and same thing with adulting and kicking it with Kyra and Sana, all of that stuff. Like, yeah. We need to have that energy for every single VI creator. And notice that I'm specifically saying VI because mm-hmm. I part of the BVI family now too. Like that's family. Me family. too. Wait, I mean, we're Virgin Islands is Virgin Islands regardless of where. <laughs> like what? So, Virgin some, Islands is... Some yeah, people don't honestly, feel that way, but I do. So I'll then I come to retire in Tortola. That's very crazy. <laughs> 
Kyra is who opened my eyes. Like she was the channel to the BBI. Like I honestly had no connection without kicking it with Kyra and like Mm -hmm. learning who these people are and like being like, oh my gosh, the BBI is a real place. Like I have only (laughs) ever like been on St. Croix, like St. Thomas. I've really only been there like, I don't, like, go to St. Thomas. Like, how people have, like, you know, played volleyball over there. Like, I've, like, been to St. Thomas, like, three times. And so, wow. even... That's my family. Yeah. Family. I used to love it over there. I'm <laughs> like, like... I'm on board. I'm going to St. Thomas. <laughs> right. And so, that was I'm me. just, like, cruising. Like, St. Croix, St. Croix, St. Croix, St. Croix. So, I'm, like... It. Being on, like, having this virtual community has opened me up to, like, Neva and St. Thomas mm. and, like, Kyra in, in the BVI. And I'm like, I don't know who is in St. John. Honestly, I heard it's really white over there. It's very gentrified. <laughs> we need to talk about it one day. Not today, but one day, like, we're going to talk about St. John being St. John. It wasn't even a sense of, like, competition or anything like yeah. that. And I think that that home that like energy that you're speaking on like we could just obliterate it like it's no need for it because some people some people do approach things with with that energy and they're not realizing like how amazing that shit would be if all Mm -hmm. of us were constantly in collaboration with each other exactly exactly like i was about to say collaboration yeah the beautiful people podcast don't have a logo well kyra like period it's true we don't see that art come to life well kyra and it's bigger than just the logo like when i have questions about how to do certain things like i text other creators I'll come yeah. and I'll be like, yo, I'm thinking about doing this, this, this on that with my page. Like, what do you think? There's been times where Kyra will text me and be like, this is the aesthetic that I want to go with for this. What are your thoughts? Like, yeah. and we just like bouncing off of each other and feeding off of each other. And don't get me wrong though. There are some times where people are trying me on the internet and I don't yeah. be like, this shit pissing me off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for the most part, it's a really positive like experience. Like I, I want to see every single creator that come out of the VI win. Mm-hmm. Seeing ourselves as creators and like seeing like yes. just having platforms that we created where we can be honored and spotlight. Yes. Taking on a Kyra is like perfectly like like it just does that like it's like mm-hmm. this is us like when i remember showing my roommate i was like so this is my culture and i went on the youtube page i was like look at my review so because we don't have that like when you go we on netflix and when you go on facebook and when you go on i mean not even facebook like netflix youtube whatever it's not like we have like a a vi yeah. category There's no, right and that's why i want like y'all yeah feel like creators feel like they have to be this cookie cutter version of like a social media influencer that they see online. Right. And yeah. There's, there's yes. literally a market for creators back home to create using our culture as a niche, mm-hmm. like using the right and home and showcasing those places, using our dialects and teaching people about it. Using. Yeah. And two, I think, enough creators don't see Virgin Islanders as an audience. Like, exactly. yeah, but exactly. we love news. We love we, storytelling. We, no, like, no, we, love we love storytelling. We love like folklore. Like we love that. And so it's crazy to me that like we sort of reject it or like the older crowd, I felt like just didn't encourage it in a way that was like, you can make a living off of this. Like this could exactly. be, but 
in your life? I mean, I think it's safe to say that, like you just said, the older crowd, I think it's safe to say that this is a generational thing. Like we were raised by yeah. people who were taught to be doctors or lawyers to be considered successful. Right, exactly. So have their children who are now talking about some, I post things on the internet, I get money for it. They're like, what the hell is that? You know, like, it's, <laughs> I think it's definitely a generational thing because even right. the women who raised me, so creative, like, but they were not taught to understand that their creativity, their gifts are like able to earn them a living. It was always a side hustle when our yeah. parents and grandparents were coming up. They were taught to understand. And of course, respectability politics is a huge factor in this. So right. they were taught to understand you get yourself a good job with a 401k and you create your savings. And that little creative crap that you do, you can do that on the side. That can be a hobby. But if they were taught to be business-minded and to create wealth based on what they're good at, we would be yeah. so much further along. We would be so much further along. And we wouldn't feel like, I don't want to say outsiders, but we certainly wouldn't be feeling like we're the only persons doing what we're doing. What's been, I guess, the most difficult thing to overcome? And then what's been like the highlight of, of your creative work so far? Like what's your baby and what are you, I guess, most proud mm. of right now? And I say in right now, because as creators, we know that we're going to evolve. We're doing things all the time. Yeah. Become another one. So yeah, I think the hardest thing for me was, I guess, creating a balance mm. between, you know, all the different things that I wanted to do and understanding that I simply cannot to mm. all of it simultaneously. Um, I had to run down the hard way um, because in college, I I just was that person that, you know, anything anybody want me to do, I'll do it for them. Mm. And so I was doing all these creative projects for myself, for other people, plus mm. school, plus, you know, and mm. being dragged in so many different directions that my body literally, like, froze yeah and 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 started shaking involuntarily um to the point where i drove myself to the hospital and they immediately gave me a drug test because they thought Damn. that i was on something from the street they were just like what street drugs did you take recently and i was like i don't do drugs but they still tested just in case and they ran a lot of tests that day and nothing was showing up physically i had to take a week off of school Damn. to go to the camera and to do like a full check to see what was causing it and nothing physically showed up that was connected to these things mm. um but that I just realized that when I got text messages from like people harassing me for things I would do and all these different things was when it was at its worst. Mm -hmm. And so for the first time in my life, I literally physically couldn't do everything I wanted to do in one day, in one week, because my body would stop when it reached mm -hmm. its limit. I would not be able to move or not be able to be productive and so that was hard for me because I was like oh my gosh I have all these things that I want to do how am I going to be able to do that mm -hmm. if my body is literally stopping me from being able to do it um and so I struggled with that for a while because if it was up to me I wish I could spend 
all day, mm. you know, working and stuff. And 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 it didn't it didn't appear to me like me being this workaholic thing because it's things that you love to do. So you're like, hey, when everybody's like out shaking ass, like this is what I do for fun. I wanna edit, I wanna build this website. Um, so why can't I just like do that until it drops even I wake up and do it again? Yeah. Um and, and but my mom always told me she was like, you could decide to like look at this as this thing that like stops you from being able to like be your best self. Or you could look at it like you literally have a physical indicator. Um, mm-hmm. of when your body has reached its limit. For some people, yeah. they don't have that and they mm-hmm. don't know until it's too late. <sighs> and so you could, you know, be vexed and pout and, and and give up on doing what you want to do or you could figure out how to get all those things done mm-hmm. within, you know, this time frame mm-hmm. and this bandwidth that your body can handle. Mm-hmm. And so now I've gotten a lot better at understanding that I can do all this without trying to do it at the same time. Mm-hmm. So if you know, to just like kicking in with Kara, a lot of things just has its seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, I dropped some sweatshirts for my body. It did amazing in that period of time. I don't have to sell sweatshirts all year. Mm-hmm. I could just do it in that, in that pocket and do it well instead of killing up myself trying to be able to sell all year and then not be able to do it well because mm-hmm. no, I frazzled because I had to go to the post office three times this week mm-hmm. and I can't get everything done. And so the hardest thing for me, you know, at, in, in those moments was understanding that I have to, you know, work within this pocket, mm-hmm. but it ended up being one of the best things because now I don't feel stretched though mm-hmm. as often yeah. and i'm like okay christmas is coming up i'm gonna work on some wrapping paper i do things in seasons and to take things in my limit i am taking on this big project that i'm releasing next week yeah. and for the first time so in my life i have teams yes balancing these different moving parts i used to try to do everything mm, yeah production marketing social engagement mm-hmm. every graphic every everything and so find understanding that balance forced me to realize look kyra you've reached a point in your journey where you've learned enough that you could bring on somebody who mm-hmm. wants to learn these things to now fill this space so that you have more bandwidth to be really good at this core thing and surround yourself with people you could trust with the other movement. Mm-hmm. And I think more you evolve as a creator, mm-hmm. you understand that it ain't you spending your whole life walking from time you open your eye to when it can't yes. be open no more. Mm-hmm. It's creating things that creates opportunity for mm-hmm. other people to be a part of that magic. And so yeah. one of the hardest things ended up being one of the most beautiful lessons, I think, in yeah. my word. creative journey. Oh, man. Good for you, oh, Kara. I oh, my feelings. God. Like, that's beautiful. Yeah, this is beautiful. This is so inspiring. I'm so happy for you, Kyra. Okay, so definitely, I think that the the hardest part, aside from taking too damn long to figure out 
that this is what I want to do. I think balance also is a factor for me, but more so the balance between creating and meeting numbers and promoting, you know, and producing. Cause like I had to learn that I don't enjoy producing content. I just like making shit and sharing it with people. Like, I just want to make things. I just want to fucking sew up these pillows or build this piece of furniture or work on this living room makeover. You know what I mean? I don't want to be bothered with recording it and remembering to set up the angles and the lighting and making the pose. Those factors are daunting for me. So the podcast hitting 10,000 downloads was definitely a high because I'm not going to lie. I got into hermit mode. I was a little bit shook. I was like, oh wait, people like really fuck with us. Like, I was like, cause for me, again, this is just something that I enjoy. I get to come on every week and connect with people and talk shit with Heiza and share my opinion about shit that people don't even give a fuck about. But people are listening to this shit and people are enjoying it. 10,000, like what the fuck? So I had a moment of that. That was definitely a high. Um, but aside from that, my biggest high is um, I'm so excited for the content that I have coming up because it took me realizing that producing the content I despise, but just being in front of the camera, making my shit, that's what I enjoy. I think that a lot of what both of you guys said, Kyra and Deidre, like boundaries and like setting boundaries with how much I give. I naturally, yeah. like, if you talk to me about anything, you could be like, I have an idea about like candles, I'll just start going off. Like I'll just start yeah. giving like my feedback and like what it should, what's the plan and like how you mm-hmm. should, you know what I mean? And like, I started realizing that that is called consultant and you could charge a price for that. I'm just like, I have to stop doing that. So that mm-hmm. has been a hard lesson to learn, especially when, um, you know, like understanding that like my idea, like people don't have to take my ideas too. Like I'd be like, why are they doing it this way when they could just do it the way I said, yeah. like, So relinquishing control is another thing that I'm learning um, within my own art too. Like with adults and I have co-creators and it's like for the longest, like when it first started up, it was like a lot of it was like me throwing ideas at the wall and it was like, we just run it with it. And I think my highs are just seeing how art, my art is affecting other people, like Mm -hmm. seeing how people get inspired or they're just like, now I want to do this or like, I want to be on your thing or people have pitched ideas for adults in like that, you know, like they want to see us do live. Or they want to see mm. like this, that, and the third. And I'm like, yes. okay, like, wow. Now I don't even need to think of everything. Like that's great. Like, <laughs> Isn't that lovely? Yeah. And like my last role was working in development. So I learned how to bring ideas from concept, concept to paper, to the screen. And yeah learning how to apply that into creativity, like taking ideas, learning. I'm learning like legal shit. I think that that is, mm-hmm. I have to say it, like as creatives, getting those contracts, NDAs. I'm, like, I'm protecting your intellectual property. Like it's so, so important. important. I think the hardest thing for me or the, the lowest point creatively has been other people's lack of respect for my work. Oh, um, mm. And it's, it's a layered sort of answer because I don't need other people to respect or love my work for me to love what I do. Like I don't always love what I do, but you know, coming into this world, um, I have no problem with calling myself an influencer. Like that's, that's what I would be labeled as by, by any company trying to work with me. So as a social media influencer, but also as a plus size influencer who doesn't have the aesthetic of sort of the accepted plus size influencer, um, Mm -hmm. 
it's been hard because sometimes I create projects that other people take um, and they recreate elements of it almost exactly almost identically and the reason that they do it is because they don't respect me as a creator and they don't see me as somebody who is at the forefront of what i do so there are other you know influencers and creators who recreate my self-portrait work and post it and act like it was their original idea Mm. and they get sort of like the engagement and the accolades and the hype about it because they're you know i guess more or less in that like aesthetic bag in comparison to to somebody like me, to somebody with my body type. So it is difficult. It's something that I struggle with all the time. Um, I wouldn't say so much it's it's their lack of respect that I struggle with. It's me having to convince myself to still continue doing the work that I do Mm -hmm. in spite of the fact that people are always going to try to jack your shit. Like, Mm. It's I mean, that's the happen. that's the, the nature. Influencer yeah. means to influence, yeah. right. you you know, like you right. setting trends, right? I have having to like find that balance, um, and sort of you know get upset when it happens, and then like let it go and keep doing what I'm doing. Um, I've listen. I've had people like I've had people recreate self portraits that I've done or other projects that I've done blogs. Even things as simple as my tweets, I've had people copy them word for word and put them on a different social network, like crap my name out of it or like just simple stuff like that, you know, and I try about that recently, right? Like, yeah, that happened recently. That's something that's been happening to me a lot lately. And I'm like, it makes me cringe. But then I'm also like, I mean, I'm putting myself out there. I have to expect that to happen. I mean, yeah, which is why I try to find that balance. You know, it's it's the nature of social media, but it's also like I want my work to get to the point where people like unmistakably they're like, oh, this is yes. Hey, Isa did or hey, Isa started, you know? Yeah. Um. On the other side of that, though, I think the highlight is, um, you know, creating things that people find memorable or creating things mm-hmm. that are staples for people. So the podcast has sort of just reached to the point where when somebody says, you know, recommend a podcast or recommend a Virgin Islands podcast, like I always see Beautiful People podcast as the first comment, yes. you know? Yes. And what? That's like a re- Yeah. Like the other day, oh, somebody yeah. was like, recommend a VA podcast, <laughs> and we were up there. And that's like a highlight for me, you know, is to have my work be something that people instantly like, oh, yeah, I listen to this podcast or, oh, yeah, I know this blogger from so and so. Yeah. Um, But the ultimate goal for me, and it, it can't be a highlight yet, but the goal for me is to get to a place where, you know, financially my stuff is doing so well that if Kyra need final cut, I could be like, um, send me how much final cut costs. Or yeah. if adult need a new camera, like let me know how oh, much the camera costs. That's like how that's the I goal am. For me, you know? <laughs> that's, that's right. Because I I'm mean, a, that's how I am. Like I don't want to call myself like a fixer, but because I know how hard it is to be a creative yeah. and not have the things that you need or not have the resources that you need. When people need help, I'd be like, yo, like I know this is the last fifty dollars in my bank account, but I really want to send it to this person because yes. I understand. Yeah. Like yep. I get it. So with that being said, let's let's close the episode that way. Like let's all make sure we share what we're working on right now. If we're ready to share it. 
If it's a surprise, don't tell nobody. But <laughs> just share you know, know what you're <laughs> I know, Kyra. Can you talk? I mean, listen, Kyra. Um, this episode don't come out for like another three weeks. So, will your project be published by then? Because if so, you right. can tell us what it is. Okay. <laughs> I'm not on social media for the month. Like, I'll keep it tight lipped. <laughs> right. Okay, that's that. That question. I could have feel it. Just pointing directly at me. All her words. Cause we want to know. We want to know what's the next thing, that honey. A, that was a direct hit. <laughs> Just kind of, cause this is the end of the episode. So I think we made a lot of really great points about just like where we do what we do and 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 the road that we would love to see a lot of these you know projects take. And for me, um. I remember when social media content and all of that really started becoming like a real thing, you know, with all these comedians on Facebook and everybody making these custom content, mm-hmm. you know, like you, you remember when you started seeing Caribbean content for the first time and you laugh, you know, at the Jamaican jokes and the Trinidadian jokes and the Guyanese jokes, you know, because that was the closest thing you had to you know what you are and so you just took the paths that you can relate to and leave mm-hmm. the rest and i feel like we constantly go through life as well as does having to do that you know you watch tv the past of the story you can relate to you know having a crush you know all these you know also things but then like you know they talk about what is their cuisine you know or or winters or whatever and it's like that part like well i don't don't know about that we don't have that right it takes you out of it right and so we constantly like have to you know filter content to pick up the past that we could relate to Mm -hmm. so one of the things that i've always wanted to do was create content where version i don't feel a hundred percent like seen that when you you know watch this king and carol video um talking about the way we say things and you know arguing about which task is the best and all these different things that you feel like you know what i don't have to filter myself or laugh at one half of the joke and i was just about to say it it goes without saying that guava is the best tart go ahead carry on this is why we're co-hosts jay (laughs) i I can't relate it's coconut for me It's the KJs. The KJs know what's going on. Hello. As long as, listen, as, long as in pineapple, I consider. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you, 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 you just feel like wow, I could, I like, I could relate to all of this. And so, every time I try, I learn how to do something. I try to figure out how do I make a VA version of this. You know, mm-hmm. that's the only church version. Yeah. You find, you know, VI stickers on Instagram and GIFs on your keyboard. And as I grow as a professional, like I said, now we see how those worlds merge. Like I relate to what Carol was saying about like, like I learned so much social media management tools through work that like, no, I'm like, yeah, so this is what we're going to do. And we're going to keep mm-hmm. all these files in this Google Drive. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do yep. this and we're going to do that. And, um, you know, everything that I do is like, okay, now that I know, you know, I, I want to learn how to make filters immediately. I'm like, how can I make a VA version of it? Mm-hmm. Constantly trying to fill these gaps, you know, of things that 
you know, don't exist. I feel like if it's one thing my legacy is going to be, is like, well, that didn't exist until Kara did it. Yes. And, like, mm-hmm. and, and that's what I love to do. So mm-hmm. with that said, hey, I was over there grinning because she can't wait for me to finally say it. But what I'm working on right now is an original animated series. Um... <laughs> I love oh, Tony, it. Tony, 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 Tony. You heard it here first on a Beautiful People podcast. I am like, wow. I'm so. So, what is it about? What is it about? Is it too late to voice act? Wait, what's my name? <laughs> oh my God. My well, I swear, I got to come the camera. I'm about to cry. It's so exciting. <laughs> well, yeah, I think this, this episode is going to probably come up just in time for all of it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna light it up but, no, we're gonna light it up <laughs> but um actually i think carol there's there's opportunity for us to collaborate on this too because the premise is that these are all young you know creatives uh from the islands that are on their quest to success and these are the main characters represent a different version of that struggle, right? So Anthony, you know, nickname is Tony. He's being voiced by Malcolm from St. Croix. Um, yes! And- I know Um, who's you know parents are having a hard time understanding why he wants to go that way. Whose mom, by the way, is Hayaiza. And oh, <laughs> oh, you in the project? Oh, <laughs> and his dad is George. And so the whole series pays homage to the Virgin Islands with like it being the actual Virgin Islands. So yeah. we renamed all of the islands and created this. You know, imaginary territory that's a merge of both the BBI and the USBI. Oh and so Anthony is from Quail Bay. So, hence, you know, any character from St. Croix, you know, all his family would be from St. Croix. So, you kind of see George in a, in a um, scene. One of my favorite scenes so far is where, you know, Anthony is explaining to his father that he needs to hustle. And George is like, I raise you to hustle, I raise you to walk. Drug man was not so long. Yeah, I like. Oh, it's so beautiful to me. I love it. Oh my god. No, this is like. I'm oh. like, I'm trademark, copyright this, protect yourself. I'm hey, about to Isa, this. You I know this was gonna be my favorite episode. Hey, Isa. This is so Listen, beautiful. Yeah, Wait, I don't so, understand how excited I am. This is Tyra. Did you mm-hmm. did you write you anim- what did you do? Like please tell me like your Oh, your roles. I know it's like right. roles. Because <laughs> you know she you got do? more than one. She right, got plenty. Like, tell us your this involvement so on the project. Lit. Creator, writer, animator, what'd you do? Right. So Period. you know, created by Kyra J. Yes. Period. Project with like you know, created by and I and I really wanna mm. continue to put things under that name. Yes. Um so I guess rule number one, I designed all the characters. Like, you know, every um series, you know, all the characters have this specific look. Yeah. So I I design all the characters from scratch. Oh, I love And this. I voice Tony. This is the girl <laughs> Tony with an eye. Yeah. Um Cruziano voices Rico. <laughs> so we have another 
and this is Kyla Thomas from St. Thomas, who voices Zoe Alea. And then we have Leo Sibley, who voices, that's third, who voices Jason. Um, So I had, like, the overall, like, overhead vision of, like, okay, I really want to, like, each of them represents a different version of the adulting struggle, you know. Rico is engaged, has a thriving career, but he's a listener for the whole group. Like, how does he balance all of that? Um, Zoe Alea is a successful makeup artist who is ready to settle down, like, what it looks like when you like somebody, but they mean, like, ready to settle down, which is a common VIP. Yeah. Like, That's my kind of, that my man kind of Yeah, what's our relationship? Oh, my God. Right. Oh, my God. And, and um, Dude. Jason is a successful engineer who, like, in an office full of old heads and trying to figure out how to have his ideas heard. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I would be like, okay, these are the shows that I want to see represented. This is the way that I, you know, would... I would love to see these lessons and themes yeah. shown. Um, but we have a writer's room that I, I put my trust in them. The biggest, um, the main writer is also from St. Croix. Amazing, amazing writer. Her name is Julissa Clark. And um, she, you know, does a really good job at spearheading those oh those God. episodes. Then we brought on three budding writers and allowed them to write their own episodes you know, oh freehand no micromanagement so the yes. most exciting part which is what i was hinting to before is just seeing that if you know i didn't wake up one day and decided to do this thing this person wouldn't have this mm-hmm. opportunity to have their name they yeah. were written by xyz and i'm really excited about that in addition to that i animate the characters mm-hmm. we have of course like a whole cast a reoccurring cast um that's not on the flyer mm-hmm. is you know includes Neva Weeks from St. Thomas mm-hmm. and um <laughs> and so, so I, I don't know if you guys noticed but now I've gotten to the point where everything I do I try to have uh, uh, equilibrium when it comes to representation yeah. from the different islands mm-hmm. and so you know we really try like every time we need a new character it's like okay let's bring on some money from this island that island oh, and try to like that. even even up and then right before this call, I had a meeting with the marketing and development team, oh. which includes Ludens, Jamal, Viva oh. again. This is, oh my God. Okay and for the BP Pod alumni showing up. I know. I just, I'm so excited. I mean, this is obviously for adults, but I was over here in my feelings and emotional as fuck because... We did not have this shit when we were kids. My yep. son is going to my son is going to be in proximity to me watching a show yep. about where he's from. And Dylan is a very proud Christian. Let me yeah. just say that. So the fact that a show on TV is going to be about where we're from, sound the like, right here, like, sound like us, accent. look like us, because I saw three out of five characters on that flyer that's dark skin. So here yeah. I was very intentional. I know, I, I, I can tell. I was very intentional about the look at this. This is us. being dark as hell. Like, they look like us. They sound like, like, like where us. Are his eyes. Period. Like, who is that? Dark? Yes. All the, the, the black jokes that we used to get beat up from yep. when we were children. But my son is going to watch, see a show of people who look like him, sound like him, and it's from where he's from, by people from where he's from. That is yep. so monumental. Kyra, 
Oh my god! Congratulations! Like, send me your address, please, so I can send you a gift. Like, and I'm dead serious. serious. Well, Make sure you send me your some crowdfunding. Oh yes, say less. Yes, send me all the links. I'm sending them wherever I need to. Um, my hey, Papa, listen, I need you to send some money to this. Too. <laughs> like, I know. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk. Send we're me the talk. link, Kyra, because whatever, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. You. We have different packages. Else that come with different incentives. Yes. And so for different amounts, you can have like access to our close friends on Instagram. Oh. You could have um, product placement in the series. Mm. So like yes. the character saying like, oh, you know, I got to listen to the next episode of Beautiful Podcast. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, you know, include us in your budget now. I'm going to ask is that if you heard this podcast episode, that you go make sure that you're you're following everyone that you've heard on this episode today and that you're supporting. Um, Because the biggest thing that you can do for a creator is is make sure that you access their content and that you give it a a chance, but also that you share it um, and that you expose it to new audiences that we might not have access to. so yeah, do that. That's y'all homework for today. Y'all know I always give homework assignments hey, every episode. Hi. So your homework is to make sure that you support, whether we're your own or not, support Black women, support creators, mm-hmm. um, and make sure that you're getting our work out there. But other than that... You know what, hey, Jay? Mm-hmm. I want to close this episode with some words of encouragement for the budding creators who are listening. I want you guys to keep these words in your mind. And it's by my good, you know, my brother-in-law, Jay-Z. A loss is not a loss. It's a lesson. He said that in his album, 444. A loss is not a loss. It's a lesson. Anytime you feel like you did something that didn't benefit you, it did benefit you. Because if nothing else, you know not to do it again. So just remember that a loss is not a loss. It's a lesson. And I can't wait to see what everybody's working on. Yes. We will see you guys right back here next Monday on the podcast. Bye. Good Up is hosted and produced by Deidre Ritter and Heiza Quinones Ivory and is a proud member of the Kicking It family. Find us on all social media platforms at Good Up Pod. Use hashtag Good Up Tuesday to continue the conversation and get access to exclusive bonus content at patreon.com slash goodup podcast.